Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for um, Veronica. Thank you for the example she has been even in, uh, during the tough times to be a wife uh, of a man who, who had issues and could not uh, lead his family, could not be there uh, spiritually uh, for his children. We pray your peace upon that woman and upon her children, Lord. It's a terrible uh, loss, the loss of a father. We pray that, uh, like you say in your word, that you don't leave them alone, Lord. Don't leave them as orphans, but that your Holy Spirit would embrace them and be strong and that they, they would be able to cry out, Abba, Father, that they would be part of a family, that they would see the embrace of spiritual dads and, and big brothers and, and siblings and, and, and moms here in the house of the Lord, Lord, that they not lack anything, O oh God, that they would have the abundance of all things. We pray for the widow, Lord, that you give her peace in the time of this loss. We pray, Father God, for the family, that they would shine in the midst of darkness, that the people would wonder why they don't have despair, but that they have hope, that they have faith, and that they have love. We pray for uh, Dr. Blas and his uh, reports and his diagnosis, and we pray that you beat cancer in his life one time, and you could do it again, Lord. That is our hope. We know that you champion our illnesses. You champion our sentiments. You're championing uh, the frailties of this body, of our soul, which is uh, full of anguish at times and overbearing trials, and that you give uh, your peace in this process and that your name be glorified and magnified. Those who wait upon you shall not be put to shame. We pray that you would prosper us today in the house of God, that our mind would be set upon you, that our thoughts would be set upon you, that we would be seated in the heavenly places uh, watching your goodness in our lives, that you prosper us all the days of our life, that surely um, mercy and grace shall be abundant, O oh God, as we sit here in the house of God and we sit from a vantage point of victory, Lord. Uh, we sit from a vantage point of uh, all things, Lord, under our feet and that we are more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Prosper your word this morning. Allow it to be a blessing to our lives. Allow it to be a good seed planted in good hearts that would give forth good fruit, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, that you stand strong on behalf of those who wait upon you. Thank you, Lord, that you champion uh, and are victorious in all these affairs that confront us in this life. We pray your blessing and pray, pray your prosperity and your peace upon our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Um, as we uh, prepare for what remains in this life, uh, we want to do so from a godly perspective. Um, and everything that comes to us uh, tries to create a hopelessness and a despair and a sentiment uh, that is described in the Bible as darkness. Um, that you can sometimes you can't see the way out, and that's that's why I love the Lord. Uh, we know where to run to. Uh, we know where to seek our help. If we turn to Psalm 121, we could start uh, seeing verse one um, how David's perspective allows him to champion life, and and we're not to be sc 
scurrying about uh, on a earthly realm, but we can lift up our eyes. And there's where we see the source of our help. Um, it should be a miserable thing not to be able to lift up your eyes and seek help from above. Um, I asked my father, and this is the heritage of people that don't have the Lord. Uh, my father left Cuba. Uh, he must have been about 35 years old, thereabouts, approximate. Um, he was uh, married to my mother, and they had two small siblings. Uh, my brother must have been three, and my, my sister must have been one and a half. And um, so a small infant's Leave for, leaving, uh, immigrating away from their homeland and their nation, uh, actually trying to flee uh, a coming regimen and a political uh, government, uh, an establishment. So they left to Spain and they didn't have but acquaintances there in Spain. And so they were offered uh, a room in the back of a house for a couple of days until they got settled in. Uh, immigrants know what this is like. Uh, it's a blessing to have an open door uh, for a young family. And my dad says to my mom, you wait here. I'm going to go find out how we're going to make a livelihood. And so he, he left uh, them there at that house to go out to uh, an unknown land where they didn't have family or friends to find out how they could subsist. And, and at that point is when I come, well, they leave Spain afterwards and they come to Miami, they come to the States, and I'm born here in the United States after that whole scenario, and so is Jules. But I asked my dad now, as in my old age, I said, did you ever lift up your eyes to heaven? And he said, no. I said, did you ever ask God for help? He said, no. And it should be a, a, a horrible existence to be in this world and be going through things and not be able to look up. And when David is looking up in Psalm 121 verse 1, he says, I will lift up my eyes. That is something that we teach our children from a young age. From a young age, we, we said whenever we're in a bind, whenever we're in a difficulty, we taught our kids to call upon the Lord. And it says there in verse 2, I will lift up my eyes from whence comes my help, the hills. My help comes from the Lord. And, and this is a, a straight cut to the chase. I mean, there's a lot of places where you can do that are limited here upon the earth, their family and their friends, their extension of the charitable extensions of people. Um, and, and that is available. And thank God there are people that stand up in the gap when, when things happen on the earth, but that's not always going to happen. But you can for sure know that your help that comes from the Lord and, and who is this but the person who made heaven and earth. And so there you have resources that are beyond, you know, the limitations of this life. Um, as, as a young youth pastor, um, uh, Javier, our drummer, uh, his mother was murdered here in Dade County uh, at the college, at the Miami-Dade Community College. She went out from her uh, job to go into school and her her estranged lover, the guy she was leaving, the uh, Javier's stepfather, was meeting her there at the parking lot and shot her in the head and murdered her. And, and so that was a big loss for Javier, who was 19 years old at the time. I was his youth pastor. 
I must have been like 25. And, um, and so he came to me and he says, what do I like, what do I do? My dad's in Cuba. My mom is here. She's murdered. I don't know what to do. We have to go to the funeral home. And at the funeral home, everybody kept on coming up to him. He was the, the sole survivor of that family. He's the only child. Uh, his mom is dead. His dad is in Cuba, separated, divorced, um, and he had no one. So, so he comes to the youth pastor, and the only thing I said is, listen, you need to run to the Lord. At 19, a young age, for somebody to learn to do that, uh, Noah, Sammy, and Amanda are young. They're going to have to know how to run to the Lord and how the Lord is sufficient. Why? He made heaven and earth. Uh, all the, the, the challenges of this life uh, are seen at the moment of our uh, loss, at the moment of our trial, uh, insufficiency. When the answers upon the earth run out, we lift up our he- eyes to the heavens and we have a helper. And then it says, verse 3, not only is he the one who brings help, who created all things, he's not going to allow our foot to slip. He's going to keep us from, uh, from uh, stumbling because he does not slumber. He didn't fall asleep on the watch. He's, he's not unacquainted with the affairs of our life. And, and for some of us, we, we don't know this. Our parents haven't sufficiently taught us this. Um, our, our surrounding relatives uh, are lost in this tailspin of life. They walk in darkness. They're not pointing. They're not praying. They're not leading us in example. Verse 4, um, Behold, he who keeps his people shall neither, neither sleep nor slumber. He who keeps Israel... He who keeps those that wait upon the Lord. That's, that's who Israel is. Uh, verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Um, he's, he's the lifter of our countenance, the Bible says. He's the one that settles all things. And so I, I've visited a couple funerals this year that I've had to conduct. Um, very young people. Uh, when, when one of the guys was 56 years old, um, I'm 52. I'll be 52 next week. Um, and so you'll see that, that 56 is, is right around the corner. And, and so uh, at those funerals, I said, it's criminal not to have our children connected with the one who will be there. When your father and your mother leave, uh, the Lord will take you up and he will, he will be granting you favor beyond uh, what is even uh, possible. I've, I've seen orphans, I've seen highly uh, prospered and blessed uh, young people who parents are not doing what they should be doing uh, and are left stranded. Uh, we see the mighty hand of God raise them up and give them an inheritance. And, and so that, that is our promise. So in this world, as I see, uh, and, and my children are, are, are beginning uh, to posture themselves going from childhood to adulthood. Um, the transitions are many. Um, and, and as they see this world, if they were following the example of what the world has to offer, there's a great, great abundance of confusion and chaos. Um, many of the people end up at some rehab center trying to gather their thoughts and understand their purpose they're involved in drug addiction. They're involved in, in all manner of craziness. Um, 
but this is nothing new for the earth. I, I want to take you back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the beginning of all things. And, and we get lost in the shuffle. We get lost in the, uh, the cares of this life that are great and many. Uh, but in the beginning, as God creates the heavens and the earth, verse 2 says, and there was uh, uh, earth that became without form. The earth became without form and void. There's a great emptiness and darkness covered the face of the deep. De uh, deep darkness. Um, this is the life of a lot of people. A lot of people's life mean nothing, stand for nothing, have nothing. There's no significance and substance. And, and this, I want to suggest, is not what God has for us. Uh, everything that God has for us has form and has substance and has purpose and fruitfulness. And the spirit of the Lord began to hover over this element, this, this existence. And I love verse 3 where the Bible says, and the, God said, let there be light. So in the midst of darkness, there's a voice that speaks with respect to light and there was light. God continued to speak in the uh, following verses until all things in their place. And that was called paradise. All things prospered, all things in their place. When things are out of place, uh, there's darkness, there's chaos, there's confusion. And so I remember clearly walking into Christianity in the midst of a 16-year-old. I was an adolescent. Uh, my parents' marriage was a wreck it was shipwrecked, it was lost, it was confusing. There was a man that wanted out. Uh, obviously, when a man wants out, it's the abandonment of a wife and children. Uh, the children have no, I, I had no schooling. Uh, I had dropped out from the age of 13 uh, because of the problems at home, because of no God in our life. Uh, things were very dark. I became very rebellious, very disobedient. Uh, and I recall coming to the Lord. How many recall that first day? I'll never forget. It, it was the first step in the direction to light. And there was the first thing I ran into in that scenario was a drawing that was put out by Campus Crusade. Uh, the founder, Bill Bright, had done a little, little booklet. It was called The Four Spiritual Laws. And we didn't have any laws. We broke all the laws and, and the few laws that we knew we didn't want to follow. But here, I want to show you the one that shows, the, the first one I saw has an S on the C uh, to stand for the self. Uh, the self life um, is a life that you're directing the shots. If you guys could put that up on the, on the screen there. There it is. When I saw this little self, you'll notice that Christ is outside of the circle. Outside of the circle means he has no input, he has no influence. And who's sitting on the throne is self. And you're making decisions based on your deciding what priority. And this is a self-centered life. And, and it, it allowed me to see my life at the time. And the priorities were super twisted. Super out of order. Uh, a self-centered life is a life full of darkness. We were talking about that last week uh, when we talked about the world-changing pride of people sequestering and kidnapping their lives to enter into uh, a life of uh, personal pleasure and satisfaction. 
Um, uh, if you see your self-life, there's all manner of concerns that you have. Uh, I'll, I'll just allude to my children, uh, Nicholas and Josh and Brandon right now. They're out of high school. Um, they're in college, but they, they have... Their family is pulling strong on them. How many know that, that Yvette and I raised them up so we could enjoy them, right? Not for them to take off and disappear. So they have a certain element of mom is on their tail 24-7, and they have to know how to take care of mom and honor dad. And so that's an aspect of their life. But they also have friends in their life um, that they have to... Uh, they're, they're acquainted with it. When they, when they were uh, taken off with us for these five days to Nicaragua, a huge absence is their friends. They, they want to be with their friends. And when they're in Miami, um, they make a significant amount of time, not only to be with their parents. We, we tend to go out maybe once a month to have dinner together at a restaurant. Uh, we try to get together every night and, and regroup and talk. So the family life is a structure, but their, fa their friend's life is a structure. Their careers, their schools, um, as, as they go into finals, they go into a cave and they, they have to be there for hours on their own uh, championing their career, getting prepared with their homework, uh, with their assignments, their, their teachers. Uh, and they talk to us about how overbearing this is with respect to these careers they've chosen, uh, the practice of law. Um, right now, Brandon was taking the medical school entrance exam, which was huge. Uh, things on his in his room as he was diagramming cells and, and all sorts of scientific scenarios that I have no idea. Um, I, I was an uh, AP student, um, you know, most of my life, academic probation. Um, you guys know what that means. Uh, you guys thought it was honors. AP honors? No, academic probation. I was almost kicked out of school many times. So, so the, the carrying on with the burdens of life the family, their friends, their career, but then they have spiritual values and priorities here at the house of God. They're, they're the pastors and they shepherd our children. And, and shepherding children is different than taking care of yourself. With taking care of yourself, you read your Bible, you pray, you fellowship, but taking time to carry on the burdens. You know, um, Brandon has like 90 little kids in his youth group every Friday night. And he's in the middle of his finals exam. Um, last semester, Joshua said, Dad, for three weeks, I'll be taking finals. I need somebody to help me. I said, I'll help you. I'll, I'll, I was the first youth pastor, so I'll be, and I took over some of the weekends. But, but you see that every aspect of life has a responsibility. And when I saw this, when you're selfish and you're sitting on the throne, all there is is darkness and confusion. All there is, is, is desperate despair. How do, how do I take care of my family? How do I attend to my friends? How do I attend to my career? How do I attend to the church's call on my life? How do I, you know, and, and it becomes a very desperate situation. Thank God, Paul says, for Jesus Christ. Why? Because he offers... The next slide that I saw on this four spiritual laws is he offers to take a seat on the throne. And so he becomes not a self-centered life, but a Christ-centered, Christ at the center of, of your life. Look at all the other circles. They balance out perfectly in a manner that's enjoyable. 
And so people can enjoy family. They can enjoy friends. They don't have to be selfish. They could be generous with their time and their talents. They could be generous here at the church. And, and the priority that Christ be at the forefront of our lives. And a lot of people, um, they are going to church, but Christ is not at the center. They attend to a church, but they don't feel that they can participate in any significant manner because they continue to be on the self, uh, on the throne of self. Um, so uh, this desperate need to fulfill the call of all these incredible things in our lives. Romans 121, we read it last week. Even though people know God, they don't honor him by putting him first. They did not glorify him as God. There is no significance of Christ seated at the throne. Um, so people will try and put Jesus at bay, but not on the throne, so then everything takes a tailspin and it becomes chaotic and confusing. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him, nor were they thankful <clears throat> They became futile in their thoughts. Futile was a momentary existence. Uh, when the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God, that seems like it's not going to happen anytime soon. Why? Because my business is there, because my uh, personal friends are there, because my family. A lot of people will never get to the to the purpose of God in their lives because their family weighs too strong, holding them kidnapped and sequestered. Uh, I want to suggest that that makes for a self-driven life of the competing interest. Uh, Joyce Myers would say something like, if we live a self-directed, self-motivated, self-centered life, always needing to get our own way, then we're going to be miserable. I think that's the secret behind the cross. Not my will, thine be done. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So this, this cross is not only that Jesus was crucified, showing us uh, a perfect sacrifice, but then he says, now you carry the cross and deny yourself. The cross section, Bill Gother would say, between your will and the Lord's will. Uh, tell yourself, not my will, God's be done. Let, let, that's when the light and the hope of God's plans begin to happen. Uh, those that are selfish, self-centered, those that are self-motivated, it's only about themselves, are the most miserable people on the earth. In reality, it's because we're focused on ourselves, not on our circumstances. Our circumstances aren't producing this. Um, as soon as you sit Jesus on the throne of your life, 2 Corinthians 5.17 begins this, this spectacular adventure. If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. The old way of despair, darkness, chaos, confusion passes away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, th this is a contrast from the life we came from. We were darkness. We were uh, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so when you see the circle of Christ sitting on the throne and you see all the interests perfectly lined up in paradigms, you know that Christ is not going to allow any 
uh, double thinking, double mindedness, where you are given over to a priority. <clears throat> Christ is jealous uh, about your personal life. He's jealous about your friendship life. He's, he's jealous about your family life. Uh, one of the verses in the Bible says, if you don't take care of your family, you've denied the faith. What's that mean? That faith is very much about family. But out there in darkness, since the selfishness of family usurps entirely your priority, then you'd never come to church. And it says, why aren't you coming to church? Well, because I've got to be with my family. Well, that means that Christ is not at the center. Because if Christ at the center, your family would be getting sufficient. Your career would be getting sufficient because the Bible says he who doesn't work doesn't eat. So a lot of people says, well, I'm in church all the time. I don't have time to work. No, my friend, Christ at the center tells you to be faithful in your work, to be faithful in your endeavors. Um, but none of this takes place without the cross. None of this takes place without you being a new creation in Christ. The self-life being denied and crucified now all your bad attitudes and your anger and your fear, your unforgiveness is destroyed. Um, the second aspect, and I think that the fundamental of the Christian life, Matthew 6.33, is seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Why? Because in seeking the kingdom of God, everything lines up perfectly. Uh, one of the, my pet peeves are people that die with $10 million. Really? My, my rich uncle just died. Uh, those of you that know the whole story on how he asked me to go with him to Ocala uh, for three trips. And I had six hours up and six hours down. And I was able to witness. He came to the Lord. He got water baptized. And then he passed away last month. And, but he died with tons of money. And it's all scattered all over the place. And he left none to his children, none to the church. He, he's a selfish entity. He barely got saved at the last days of his life. Within weeks of going to eternity um, is when he accepted the Lord after he had lost his wife. He had like five wives after that. He had six children. All his children hate him, don't want to be with him. Selfish, selfish, $10 million. And, and, and nobody got anything. And not even did he have the luxury to line up his life in a format of, of peace and joy. He had no peace. He had no joy. He had selfishness. He had darkness. And the love of God snatched him out at the last second. At the last second, those trips, I would go with Pastor Medieros. He would come with me. And we'd drive six hours up to Ocala. And I would put preachings and and sermons and and when we were going through the turnpike I, I those of you that know um you, as you're pulling out of a plaza on the turnpike there's there's a windshield wiper and i would pull down his window and i would go through there so he would get wet and he's like why are you doing this i go so you l wake up out of life life is not comfortable and he was like Ugh! and he's being sprayed on by the windshield wiper and and i woke him up and he came to the lord and he started coming to men's group and and he was saved 86 years old 84 years old 87 um so we're bringing people out of hell snatching them but what they've left upon the earth because jesus christ is not lord they don't listen to the holy spirit they don't have a personal devotion with christ 
They, they don't know God. Their life is scatterbrained all over the place. They don't know how to be led. And the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all things shall be added to you. There's no more a satisfied life than putting Christ on the throne. There's no more a satisfied life that allows you to express your time and energies in every course that's one of the greatest blessings of coming to Jesus I've been able to enjoy my friends more than ever more than ever do I have a great relationship with my friends great relationship in my business affairs I was able to honor Jesus for the life of my law firm to this day uh, my my law practice has uh, a semblance of glory and 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 prosperity because of Jesus because Jesus was at the center and he was the Lord of my life. Not only on Sundays, but Monday through Friday at my law practice. And my clients would be introduced to that reality. So we're nurturing our spirit and growing in the things of the Lord as a foremost, foremost first place in our lives. And then all things fall in their place. That, that is the biblical pursuit. But when you're talking about taking care of your spirit, you're talking about prayer. How do you pray? Where do you pray? How do you spend time praying? This is super important to get the mind of God. Is to spend, the Bible gives us a verse. It says, pray without ceasing. Nonstop. And then and people say, well, I don't have time for that. Yes, you do. Just like you worry nonstop. Turn all your worries into prayer. And then you're praying without ceasing. Um, so that is our that, that is our calling. That's what's refreshing about the Christian life. We live it with God. It's a Christ-centered life. He's at the forefront of everything we do. We pray, we read our Bibles, and we fellowship. We pray, we read our Bibles, and we have Christian fellowship. We pray, we read our Bibles, and we get together in this harmonious Christian contact that becomes a reality of all things now here jesus very young in his age pursued the priority of god's agenda and schedule above all else he's confronted by his family his mother and father are looking for him luke 249 three days without their son he's left behind in the temple and they're asking him why is it that you dishonor us like that and he says why did you seek me you know I must be about my father's business. He's a young man at this time. Some people say he must have been 12. He's seeking the things of God first. This is not something that he does early on in life. This is something he does throughout life. God was at the forefront of his schedule. He wouldn't do anything unless the father bid him blessing. Yeah, that's the way you should go. That's the way you should walk. So he's in communion with his father, and at one point the father, the, the family comes back to him years later. Now he's in his 30s, Matthew 12, 46. He's still talking to the crowds, and it happened to be that his mother and his brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. How many people have family members that are pulling on you? Hey, why don't you come closer to us? Why don't you participate? You have decided to leave us? No. We decided to Christ at the forefront and he gets the pursuit of the priority of our time. And then verse 47, when they called him and they said, teacher, um, outside your mother and your brothers are standing. They want to seek to speak with you. They're, they're pulling on your agenda. 
And, and, and we have that. We, we, we have our careers. If, when, I, when I was starting out my law practice, I got hired by, um, I got offered a great job with one of the biggest law firms in town. I said, no. How do you say no to a job that's going to give you $300,000 a year? Back then was 25 years ago. I would have made $300,000 a year, and then I would have sacrificed my church time, my family time, my personal time maybe, all to bow down. And if Christ is not sitting on the throne, then you cause your pecuniary interest, your economic interest to take the forefront of your life. You will serve mammon, my friend. You're going to be scared that you're going to run out of money because you don't have God on the throne and you don't trust. And so this is the life of a Christian, and i got to hurry up here. But they were looking for him, and Jesus responded, verse 48. He says, listen, he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are the people that are my brothers? Who is my true family? Verse 49, those, he pointed at those, his disciples, here are my mother and brothers. This is the family that at the moment of darkness and trials and distress, yesterday we were celebrating Audrey, Marcos, and Michelle's a little girl who's one year old, and the whole church was there, uh, all those who have been next to them for 25 years. You know, the, the, the family is, is those that are there in the times that matter, and this is what Christ brings to you. But he's able to tell those on the outside, listen, you guys don't want to be a part of God's grand scheme and plan for my life. For all the abundance and the lavishness of his greatness and calling, you don't want me to be a part of that? Um, no, this, this is my true family. Also takes, and, and I say like this, in that particular verse, when Jesus does that, when he draws a line in the sand to his biological carnal family, is when his mom is able to be there at the foot of the cross. And she says, John, take care of my mom. And, and mom, there's your son. John's going to take care of you. If he wouldn't have drawn a line in the sand, his mom would have never come into the fold. She's there at the upper room also, getting baptized by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. When he made that a strict requirement with respect to priority, Jesus is on the throne. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, It shall come to pass in the last days that it's the mountain of the house of the Lord that will be established as the highest mountain. It shall come to pass in the latter days, talking to them in the last days, when there's chaos, confusion, and darkness, there's going to be a mountain higher than any mountain you can creep up to be a par, uh, above the darkness of the valley. And it says, the house of the Lord. The Lord's house shall be established at the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above all the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. At the end of the day, when everything is said and done, it's those who have Christ at the center of their life the ones that have the highest extension and, and exaltation. Verse 3, it says, all peoples will come. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. What is the mountain of the Lord? The house of God. When you, when you come to this place, and thank God for today that you came. I know it's July 4th weekend, but we, we, got, we got readjusted today because of God's word. We're going back to getting off the throne of self. Some of you have your wives there. She's running the roost. Take that and say, my honey, I love you. Get off the throne. 
get off the throne. Let Jesus on the throne. Let everything have its order of peace. That's the only way to have peace and joy and prosperity. Uh, be careful with witches. They want to take the throne. They start a queendom and not a kingdom. You don't want a queendom. You want a kingdom, the kingdom of our God. And so it, it requires Christ-centered living, uh, not self-centered. Uh, arise and see these nations come running to the house of the Lord. Why? Because he will teach us his ways. See, that's different. That's not mama's ways. That's father's way, father God. We shall walk in his path, for out of science shall go forth the law. Um, I wish I could bring up my aunt. Lourdes, could you come here, please? Uh, Lourdes was having Jesus on the throne of her life. She was on fire. She's actually the person that brought us to the Lord. Let's give a hand to the Lord. And, and it's a good thing that you do that, but she needs to be taught this scenario because this is very important. She has a lesson. Um, when she came to the Lord, she brought us to the Lord, and then a witch stood up in her life and took her out of the things of God. And you were, you were kidnapped for how long with a spiritual woman? How long were you kidnapped, you and your family? About 10 years or something like that. 10 years after coming to God and, and letting Jesus sit on the throne, inside the church, some witch stood up on the throne of her life as a spiritual mother and took her out of the house of God, took her, sequestered you and your two daughters. Yeah, and she was the person that brought me to the Lord. She brought you to the She didn't know any Bible, did she? Well, she, she memorized the Bible. She used the whole Bible to kidnap this woman for 10 years, her two daughters, and took her away from the house of God away from her family of faith and destroyed her two daughters' lives, her life. And how long have you been at Spring of Life? Uh, since 2015. years, right? Because you, you, you started over there. Yeah. Absolutely. So the scenario is she's back on track. She was able to put this woman out of her life because the woman had taken Christ's throne. I, I, I was, I, Julieta asked me to come because it was a, a, a celebration. celebration and uh, I, I, we all went, my, all my family, my daughters and my husband and, and myself and uh, when I got there, he was, he was my baby. <laughs> I'm like her nephew, so I was, she saw me grow up. He was, he, he, I saw, I, I didn't. Saw me born. Saw, yeah, yeah. Changed my yeah, diapers. Yeah. yeah. So she was part of my whole childhood. Yeah. So he was preaching and the Lord told me, this, he is my son. To him, follow and I, you know, fell, fell she down out. She right, right there, and I cried, and I never moved from that day on. Amen. I'm here Amen. forever. It was a huge blessing. But why do I bring it up here? Because you could be in Christ and get kidnapped spiritually and taken out and, and destroyed. And the fruit of her coming back, and being in Christ and in fellowship is that her husband came to the Lord, my uncle. Yeah. Amen. Thank you very much. Um, so I, I say this to, to really put at the forefront that Isaiah 60, 
verse 2 says, deep darkness will cover the earth. There's no doubt. There's chaos. There's confusion. There's a lot of things upside down. Only Christ, it says, deep darkness and the peoples, but the Lord will arise over you and the glory will be seen upon you. You will tell that you can tell that you can tell when somebody has Jesus Christ sitting at the throne. Why? His finances are in order. There's peace. His career is in order. There's prosperity. There's blessing. His personal life with family, there's blessing. There's respect. There's honor. His self-life, which is, you know, you're, you're, you're responsible for your emotions. These men that run after other skirts and other women and stuff like that, they have no governing of their spirit. But when Christ is on the throne, there's no more chaos. There's no more confusion. There's no more anxiety. There's peace. There's joy. And we're responsible for that. Each one of us are responsible that Jesus remain on the throne. Deep darkness covers the earth. Deep darkness the people. But the Lord wants to rise up over you. And his glory will be seen upon you. Verse 3. The nations will come to your light. And the kingdoms to the brightness of your shining. Let's stand up this morning and thank God for his word. And thank God for his peace. Thank God for Bill Bright and Campus Crusade and that little drawing that put a lot of things in perspective to our life. That we're not to be on the self, the throne of self. We're to sit Christ at the center of it all. Even in the Lord or going to church, we can replace that throne with people, with spiritual leaders, with, with things that are not God. And you're going to have a lot of confusion. You're going to have a lot of chaos. You're going to have a lot of darkness unless you allow Christ's light to shine. Father, thank you that you've given us a balance in life. Christ at the center of all things is the balance of peace, joy, and prosperity. Bless your people, Lord. Allow Christ to sit on that throne. Allow the peoples to bless your name and to remove themselves from a selfish existence, oh God where self demands the destruction of all things. But you said that you have brought us to, you, you bring us life and life in abundance. We're able to enjoy every specter and aspect of life when Christ is at the center of it all. Allow us to pray more, to read our Bibles more, and to fellowship more. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the people said, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. <laughs> Greet one another in the love of the Lord.